0: And welcome to Arrowhead Pride Radio. A little bit weird because the Chiefs had a loss this week. I'm Jay Binkley, producer Chris Enosera, and of course, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio, KCSP, Kansas City, WDAF, HD2, Liberty, a radio.com station. Just had to get that out there, Pete.
1: What's going on, Jay. I think it's it's okay that we're we're on here. It it we're we're letting everybody know that even if the Chiefs were to, are to lose, we're still gonna do Arrowhead Pride Radio. You wouldn't have known that over the last eleven months because all they've been doing is winning. It's it's been a very long time since we've we've had a loss here.
0: I believe it was your birthday the last time they
1: That's lost. right. Uh November tenth is when I celebrate my birthday every year. And it was also the Chiefs last loss before last week. So uh, birthday's coming up. And uh can look back now to that last <laughs> well, loss. Let's dive in to the news.
0: You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Pete, uh, now that the uh, Chiefs have that loss out of the way, we got a lot more to go on with the Bills and uh, with the Raiders. The Raiders lost last week. We'll talk to Kent Swanson for Chiefs offense and, and Craig Stout for Chiefs defense. Uh, like we always do, looking at the pass game and looking at the game going forward. But Le'Veon Bell, it's big news. He was uh, cut by the Jets. They weren't able to trade him. Three o'clock today, he became a free agent. The way this thing works is you might say, well, why was Terrell Suggs had to go through waivers and Le'Veon Bell doesn't? Well, four years of accrued service means nobody has to go through waivers if you have that. Now, the reason Terrell Suggs did is because it came after the trade deadline. right? Like if Le'Veon Bell would have been cut after November 3rd, this year's trade deadline, he is subject to the waiver process. So essentially, this is recruiting time. And not only that, he becomes attractive. Yes, he hasn't been as productive running the football in New York. He did have 66 catches last year, and he's well above average blocker and did a great job in Pittsburgh blocking for Big Ben. I mean, that's all they talked about was his blocking. He would come cheap for a little over a million dollars for the Kansas City Chiefs. According to overcap, Chiefs are looking at about $6.5 under the cap as we sit right now, and the cap has really never mattered with the Kansas City Chiefs because they find a way uh, for Brett Veach to do it. But uh, the odds... Uh, Chiefs earlier had the third best odds. They currently have the best odds at plus three hundred. Then the Patriots plus five hundred. The Bears at plus six hundred. Pete Sweeney noticed that uh, Pat Mahomes followed Le'Veon Bell on Twitter. Le'Veon Bell has followed Pat Mahomes
1: on Twitter. What does this all mean, Pete? <laughs> I think there's a pretty good chance that Le'Veon Bell is going to end up a Kansas City Chief. Now we have to wait and see. I I think it's it's to be expected that there are other teams in the mix here, but why not the chiefs? You're trying to do this thing where you reset your career, where you can play well and play on championship team and play championship football, most likely play in the playoffs. I mean, we can all expect that, right. And be able to show out for other teams that are are watching here. It, it may be the perfect place considering how Andy Reid uses running backs. And I, I think you could use some help behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There has been this notion, I feel like, that I've seen out there where people are saying, well, the Chiefs don't need Le'Veon Bell. There's Clyde. Well, look at the way the Cleveland Browns operate before the Chubb injury with Chubb and Hunt. There's room, I think, in this day and age and in this NFL for two running backs, and I, I think they could do it in Kansas City where you had that one-two punch. It seems like as things start to rumble out a little bit here, that Bell would be used as like a third down back, which I think would be a great addition for Kansas City. Obviously has a good relationship with Chris Jones. And he would be playing, in a sense to me, on another contract year, which is always the motivating factor. Therese Paler, who appears on the show with Yahoo Sports, he will always say the contract year is undefeated. So you get this guy who is a three-time All-Pro, and he's motivated to play the best football of his career. Why not?
0: Well, it looks like some of the technical issues are worked through. And, of course, people are listening to 610 Sports Radio. KCSP, Kansas City, WDAF, HD2Liberty, a radio.com station. We're talking Le'Veon Bell to begin with before we even dive into the Raiders. Usually Pete and I will dive into the uh, what just happened. But here's the deal with Le'Veon Bell. Um, Jeremy Fowler kind of broke the story yeah. on ESPN. He, drove, or he uh, joined the drive. Uh, earlier today, he didn't drive the drive, but uh, he joined the drive. <laughs> and he talked about uh, Kansas City. Would this be a good fit for Le'Veon Bell?
2: I think it would like help at the goal line. You know, Le'Veon's a guy who can really plug in anywhere. He's not uh, necessarily the most dynamic runner that he was two or three years ago, but he still can be effective, and he's a great pass catcher, great pass blocker, uh, would be really an ideal third down back uh, for them. So, you know, from what I've heard, I do expect him to have some interest. Um, but I think there will be many teams involved. And, uh, you know, price isn't really an issue right now because he's got the $6 million guaranteed from the Jets. And whatever the new team offers is only an offset.
0: You can hear that full interview, by the way, 610sports.com on radio.com. Let's dive into what he just said there, Pete. Good fit in Kansas City, yes. Third down back, it would be good because the Chiefs have had a hard time sometimes on those third and short type situations. And and behind, we have Darwin Thompson that certainly not got back into that circle of trust where, where he's utilized a lot for the Chiefs. Uh, DeAndre Washington, uh teammate of Pat Mahomes, the running back, used to be with the Raiders, was on the on the practice squad. He has been activated this team. And then you have Darrell Williams undrafted out of LSU behind him. So it would be a fit in Kansas City. What he said there, too, is also important to learn. He's a good blocker. Le'Veon Bell would automatically become the best blocker of all these running backs. Clyde's gotten better at it. But right. at LSU, they didn't ask him to. They did five-set protections at LSU, and he wasn't often asked to block in certain situations for Joe Burrow. When he did, it was okay. Well, he's he's grown in that role. Biennium, talked about it. Right. Andy Reid's talked about it. He's been on those conference calls when we talk about the blocking of Clyde edwards Willaire. But Pat Mahomes has seen the most pressures in the NFL this season. It certainly was an issue against the Raiders. Yeah. Guys like Cleland Farrell got nine pressures on Pat Mahomes. His previous high was three. So it has been an issue. Le'Veon Bell does become that third down back. Yes, his yards per carry, a little over three yards a carry the last couple of years. But here's the thing. Just like Josh Jacobs didn't run the ball great against the Chiefs, but he got productive yards against the Chiefs. It's picking up those first downs. I will say this. Andy, read my opinion, Pete, and you know this. I, three things. Can you block? Can you catch? And then can you run? In that order, the three things for running back. Le'Veon Bell checks all those boxes. He's a tremendous blocker and he's great at catching out of the backfield. Look at his—I've heard a lot of people talk about his rushing numbers last year with the Jets. Keep in mind that's with the Jets—that is the worst organization in professional football. But he did have 66 catches last year, and you can't—you uh, can't not look at his, his effectiveness
1: out of the backfield as a receiver. Well, I think that's huge and probably a big reason that the Chiefs are interested in him and. I understand where the production has fallen off a little bit since the exit from Pittsburgh. So it's been kind of a mess. But I, I just look at Adam Gase. I mean, let's go through it very quickly here. 2016 with the Dolphins, he was 10 and 6. Every year after that, Gase as a head coach has been under 500. 6 and 10 and 17, 7 and 9 and 18, fired by the Dolphins. Somehow, a, a division rival who watched him not be able to keep his job. In Miami, hires him seven and nine, and now zero and five. That's Adam Gase. This is Andy Reid, right? So he's going to scheme up two Bell's strengths. I think there has been a struggle with Clyde Edwards-Whirlair in some short yardage, so that he can help right there, and of course the pass pro. I think part of what we've seen with Clyde in Kansas City has shown us a little bit to the fact that. Kareem Hunt was a bit of a unicorn and not to say that Clyde can't work up to being as good as Hunt was, but Hunt was so good so early. And part of the reason I think was pass pro. Le'Veon Bell can help with that, too. So you have a third down back who can start to groom your rookie into being what you want him to be. Not every rookie is going to be Kareem Hunt. I think we're seeing that, but there are some growing pains that Le'Veon Bell can help with while helping you win along the way. Make this true one-two punch in Kansas City. I only see this as a win-win, especially because – he does have the friendships in the locker room. We noted Jones. We noted that him and Patrick Mahomes have already followed each other on Twitter for what it's worth. Which well, so in 2020 that's gonna, you know, look, big you're big. not gonna follow someone you don't want to hear from, right, Jay? No, no. That's why I follow you. And so the relationship in yeah, to be
0: once no, I'm just
1: kidding. In the, the the relationship in the locker room is already good. It seems like there's there's good feeling here, and he has all the motivation in the world. So I normally would tell you that when you see these sexy names, I actually get a little annoyed, I'll be honest, with the mentions and the Chiefs fans. that Whenever there's any name that is significant at all, it is the Chiefs got to go get this guy. And you know what? Now that they've had Brett Veach for a while, they do kick the cans on a lot of first and second rounders and whatnot, Le'Veon Bell being a second rounder. This one I can get behind for all the reasons we just mentioned, and I think the Chiefs will be in on Le'Veon Bell.
0: You said a couple important things, and I think Jeremy Fowler did too in that cut. It becomes a recruiting process now, which Advantage Chiefs, Pat Mahomes picks up a phone. You listen. Honey Badger called you. You listen. Chris Jones, they're already friends. Andy Reid picks up a phone. You listen. Do You want a Super Bowl ring at his age? And don't forget, LaShawn McCoy came to the Chiefs over 30 years old. He's 28. Old. I mean, you know,
1: he's not even that old yet.
0: People forget Marcus Allen, when he came to the Chiefs, was, uh, what, 33 years old at that point. But this is also the locker room is important because I think the Chiefs locker room is very strong. And I don't think it really matters who you bring in here. It reminds me of the Patriots and the Steelers. I mean, you can bring anybody in the locker room, and guess what? They're not the top dog. Like, you could have brought anybody in New England, which they tried. You know, I'm not talking just bad guys with the law. I'm just talking just maybe attitude a little bit, thinking they're the best. But you walk in the locker room, and you're not the best. Tom Brady was the best.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, Belichick's the best. You walk in that locker room, you got Pat Mahomes. And you got several other skill position players that you can make a case sure. are better than Levy. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean,
0: so you are humbled, and he's been humbled uh, when he had to sit out the year and didn't make the money he thought. This was uh, Jeremy Fowler that was on with the drive earlier from ESPN, who's really been all over the story about a locker room guy, a good locker room guy. I thought this was interesting
2: on a short term deal like this, where you know he's got to kind of rebuild or at least reset his career. Um, and he can go into the 2021 free agency. I I think that helps the situation. So you do a one-year deal, he can come in and sort of be a spark. Um, You know, I think on on a longer-term deal, if he has some guaranteed money, there would be maybe an issue. You'd be worried about that a little bit. You know, because, look, he has been in two stops where it hasn't gone overly well, and and he would take his part in that, you know. So, uh, yeah, there's some work to make up, and, and he knows that, and I think that's why it wouldn't be a problem going to that locker room. I, you know, I covered Pittsburgh when he was there. There wasn't really an issue with his teammates at all until he left and was gone for the year. You know, there was, he was known as a hard worker and and he got along with everybody.
0: Yeah, he's always been known as a grinder and the teammates did like him until he he decided to go rogue there at the end. And that's understandable. But as I mentioned, you know, he has friends here. It was March 6th of 2019 on Chris Jones' Instagram story. He was working on and we, Pete, you and I have talked about I'm this. Palling around. I was like, man, I hope Jones doesn't take this philosophy to set out because I told you I was worried about that. But there they are working out. Listen, man, we are over here just talking about
1: this free agency and how crazy it can get, man. And just out of the blue, what, what if? What, what if, if I was a What if? Going Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh
0: man. Uh oh. Uh oh. So there you go. I mean, we were already talking about a, that. Was March sixth? He signed pop a with the blood Jets. Vessel.
1: I mean, at that point, you're worried about
0: him. March nineteenth. At that point, and finally, this could we see conclusion of this tonight? This was Jeremy Fowler. The timeline on well, I'll, I'll have bank at night till nine o'clock tonight. So I'm, I'm bragging a little bit. Jay. I'm certain. What? what? You, got, you got all night to, to wait for do I'll break any news, man. We'll see. I've always had the moniker. I break chairs, not news. So I'm looking forward to this. Here's. <laughs>
2: If all goes well, I think he would probably like it to be tonight. Um, But we'll see. You know, I think it depends on how it all shakes out in negotiations. But I I think tonight's a possibility.
0: So there's tonight's a possibility. We'll keep in mind, as we said, the odds have changed in Vegas. um, From the latest, they were third earlier in the day, and now they're first on several lines. like bet online,
1: odd shark, they were third. They're now plus 300. uh, So they are the favorite. Vegas knows. I mean, they can't lose that money. It's it's just it's a it's a player that that could help you win a championship. Right. I think that's that's the bottom line here. Can he help you? And I think the answer is yes. It's the first question you always ask. And I just it's the numbers are staggering. I understand it's been a tough stretch here these past three years with the sit out and then the one and a half with the Jets. But you look at the scrimmage yards. Five of the seven years he was playing, he was over 1,200 scrimmage yards. You don't see numbers like that? And to still be 28 and to have some years left, I just think bring him in, let him kind of mold Clyde into the professional, not to say that he's not professional or anything like that, but it's always good to have a veteran in there. Let him mold him, similar to what we saw with Smith and Pat, who you can make a case, didn't need the help based upon how he, he's handling it. And it's a win-win. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Terrell Suggs had an influence on guys in that yeah. short
0: amount of time. He he's was well, the some. only
1: guy with the ring.
0: It, yeah. And he talked about the, the guys talked about the notepad that he would bring and they talked about, they learned some different techniques from Terrell Suggs. So again, you have to be careful who you bring in the locker room, but this locker room is strong enough with a lot of good leaders that even, even those that uh, were kind of confident about themselves. And that's kind of his deal. He's, He's not a humble guy, to be honest with you, but it can humble you being in the locker room. Plenty of Le'Veon Bell later. We'll talk to Kent Swanson here in a couple minutes. Minutes. He's the offensive uh, guru uh, for the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show and ArrowheadPride.com, and clearly I'm a Mahomes uh, uh, breakdown expert. We'll talk to him. How will Le'Veon Bell fit in this offense? But the Chiefs did lose Pete. Let's don't lose sight of this. And the Bills lose last night. The Chiefs' next opponent. So they're both going in a little hungry with one losses. That Raiders game surprised me a lot, though. This was a team that was giving up 30 points a game. They still gave up. They gave up 32 points in this game. I think I was surprised to see somebody come back against the Chiefs. That's one. Yeah. We don't see people come back Twice. against them. Yeah, you know, once the Chiefs went up 21 to 10, I was like, man, they're gonna start boat racing them here. The the and nobody's attacked them deep. No one has got deep touchdowns on this football team since the Houston Texans did in the first quarter, their first score in the playoffs, to Sean Watson at Kenny Steele's for 54 yards, but the Raiders had five plays over 40 yards. They were not, they were not content on not testing the Chiefs deep. And I think not having a pass rush goes hand in hand with that. So the pass rush wasn't good for the Chiefs. I think that goes hand in hand with the secondary because Derek Carr, that I think gets nervous and gets happy feet in the pocket. He had plenty of time to set and throw. And we haven't seen that from Derek.
1: I think that is the key to the game right there, right? Because... I kind of like what the Raiders are doing. I hate to say it, but I like the way Mike Mayock is building this team, the way they're cutting losses like they did with Antonio Brown when they said, okay, this is a mistake, and they were right about that after being wrong. I like a guy like Henry Ruggs who they needed somebody who was a speedster. Hunter Renfro was a good pick. Been a big fan of Jonathan Abram. I, I, as, as someone who loves the game of football, it was upsetting that he had to miss pretty much all of his rookie season. So what the Raiders have been building – it has been good to me, but it was always the trump card of Mahomes versus Carr. Couldn't get over Mahomes versus Carr. And so I I think about that, where Carr finally took a step in this game. He showed that he's willing to throw the football down the field. And so maybe it was just a matter of being protected and having the weapons. And so... That, it is what it is. They got the better of the Chiefs, and now the Chiefs have been punched in the mouth a little bit. They got a huge game against the Buffalo Bills. We'll see how they respond.
0: Let's uh, jump now with our offensive guru. You know him as Kent Swanson, at Kent underscore Swanson. Uh, great articles on ArrowheadPride.com. Of course, the draft guide as well. I have to mention that each and every time I have one of your guys on because I love that draft guide so much. It, it's your it's favorite, my, it's it's your favorite, favorite book. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, but a lot of things going on with the Chiefs' offense. Why didn't it work against the Raiders? Le'Veon Bell, would he be a good fit with the Chiefs? We'll talk to this guy right now about that, Kent Swanson. Good evening, Kent. Hey, Binkley. Good evening.
3: It's there good to is. be here with me, my friend.
0: Good evening to you as well, Kent. Uh, Pete and I were just discussing oh, – we just we got into the Raiders game a little bit there, and we'll get into that with you as well. Uh just want your opinion on, Le'Veon's Bell, on Le'Veon Bell's fit with this offense, both blocking – catching and running the football, maybe mentoring Clyde. Could he fit in this locker room? Could he be a good signing and pick up for the Chiefs? Remember the Jets are paying most of his salary. The Chiefs only have the league minimum.
3: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, as far as the fit is concerned on the field, yeah, he makes a lot of sense. I was watching a little bit of tape on him a little bit earlier today. He uh he does some stuff in the passing game that you'd like to see that, you know, can kind of be, you know, a good fit similar to what Clyde does. Um he he ran a fade route or a wheel route from the slot and caught a ball over his shoulder. Really impressive. Kind of like what you saw from Clyde the other day. Um, so There's some really good, you know, like as far as fit is concerned in this offense, there's no doubt about it. This guy makes perfect sense. Now, culture fit, locker room fit. Uh, it's a little bit, you, you, you got to answer some questions. You got to do some vetting in that regard. Pete, he just, or can
0: can't, can't, he just followed Le'Veon Bell on Twitter, Pat did, and he followed Pat. Pete found this.
4: Yeah. How I mean, say, I mean Twitter, that, that, is,
0: that shows real friendship Twitter, as there. as we know, is everything. That shows friendship, Kent. You got to put that in the equation.
3: Hey, you know what? You know, Pat's already putting in that work trying to make this culture fit. Like, I, and honestly, <laughs> hey, look, Pat following them that might tell you something. That might tell you something a little bit about uh, their desire to add this guy into the mix. You know, if, if Pat signing off, they're going to do it. So, hey, maybe that is a small indicator. So, I'm not going right. to speak entirely for whether or not he's a culture fit, but like, I, I think he's a worldly flyer, a low-risk flyer.
1: You can follow Patrick Mahomes on Twitter, at Patrick Mahomes. He's, of course, at Kent underscore Swanson. You can follow his stuff as well. does a great job analyzing Patrick LeBion Mahomes. Le'Veon Bell also liked Arrowhead Pride's tweet. You know what? That is always a good thing to do when you're talking about Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ken, I've heard a lot of people today say that if bringing – if you bring Bell on board, this will set Clyde back. Why is that not the case?
3: Well, I mean, it's not Clyde. Clyde was only had sixty percent of the snaps this last week, so there's there's some there's some opportunities there that you know that are to be had And getting rid of Daryl Williams snaps. Uh, Darwin Thompson got rid of his own snaps the last two weeks because he fumbled against the Ravens. You don't exactly have a number two running back that's set in the world on fire. Le'Veon Bell has shown an ability to run the ball effectively, pass protect, run routes out of the backfield, um, run routes out of the slot. I mean, he does a lot of things. He's much more dynamic than Darrell Williams. So what happens is you've got someone relatively dynamic, can do a lot of different things on the field at any given time if if you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire running and Le'Veon Bell running behind him. I mean, I, I think that's a perfect fit.
0: Kent, when you look at this, it was the was the struggles more the running game or the protection up front?
3: Oh, uh, that's that's a tough question. There was a lot. Of, I mean, there there was a lot of issues across the board. Frankly, I mean, i, I, I don't want to I don't want to into one thing. There was just it was a little bit of everything, and that's such a cop out answer, but it's true. Holmes was not good in a lot of capacity too. Um, but they. They, did, they didn't They did do much at all, frankly, in the second half. It was just an abysmal performance across the board from them. And, you know, you got to pass the blame around. And I hate that. It's such a cop-out answer, but it's the truth.
1: Yeah, it was a, a tough loss and tough to watch, really. And that's going to happen when it's your first loss in 11 months. It, it's been a long time since in a quarter in that third quarter, we really couldn't see the Chiefs offense doing a lot. And, Ken, I I know you've noticed on, or I know I've noticed on your weekly column, you you had Mahomes struggling a little bit last game for periods. There were certainly some struggles for periods this game. Is there one thing that you could point to that's saying, okay, here's what he's dealing with right now from the film? I think
3: it's just like a hint of a lack of patience with him. Just, I think, with, you know, the four-man rush, being a little antsy back there because things aren't coming clean and coming clear and obvious so quickly for him. Um, Just, you know, maybe wanting to bail out of the pocket a little bit. You know, trying to force things, I think, is just kind of something that I think we've seen a little bit from him this year entirely that you are not entirely sure uh, or not entirely used to because Mm. that was really something you kind of wanted to coach out of him, um, you know, when you watched his college tape. And, you know, two at this point, it really hasn't hurt him all that much. Well, it kind of feels like some of that's creeping up a little bit. Maybe some old habits are kind of kind of creeping in a little bit because you're seeing him maybe take some chances that he normally doesn't, trying to bail from the pocket a little bit earlier. doesn't seem like he's seeing everything as cleanly. So I think there's just, like, a little bit of a lack of patience involved with everything you're seeing from the homes right now, and that's part of why you know, there's been some hiccups and some stretches of, you know, not great football a couple times here this season.
0: Kent, we saw a couple tough guys go down in this game. And I mean, guys that kind of, you know, bring their lunch pails and we'll hit you in Kalichio simile KO. I think, I feel he was the toughest guy on the offensive line and Sammy Watkins uh, going to be missing him for a couple weeks. And I really think there's no better blocker on that receiving core than Sammy. And I know people always look at the stats and the numbers, with the catches, but he's he's not afraid to go crack a linebacker and be physical either. Who hurts them most going forward right now until Sammy comes back? as he'll be back he's clutch? He won't. But who 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 hurts them most in the next couple of weeks?
3: I think it's Sammy. You know this this offensive line for instance hasn't been able to run the football with or without Coleccio family for all, for all intents and purposes. Um, and don't get me wrong, he's a good player. Sammy Hawkins, losing him has been. Um, difficult in the past, and this team doesn't have a great direct replacement for Sandy Watkins. He's one of, he's, a, he's a difficult guy to replace as an ex-receiver, and really guys like Marcus Robinson and McCole Hardman aren't guys that are going to be able to really fill into that role. That guy that's going to be pressed off the line of scrimmage, that's going to be you know, able to catch tough passes You know, on a, on, a, on, a, on a slant route in the middle of the field, get yards after the catch, blocking, like you said to your point, those aren't the strengths of those two. So you might have to look at a guy like Byron Pringle to get an increased role, or you're going to have to get really creative and try to figure out a way to account for his loss. Um, he's not an easily replaceable player, and I think he's having a really good season for the most part this, this year, um, a little bit more consistent production on a game-to-game basis. He wasn't hiding and disappearing entirely like you've seen for stretches. Um, there's pretty consistent performances, and it's disappointing to see because there's something you got to live with with Sammy Watkins, but his highs are so good, and, and they're going to miss him.
1: This is new ground for Kansas City where each and every year it's Super Bowl or bust because you have that championship locked up and now you're just trying to repeat. You're trying to do things that other teams haven't done. Watkins, this past offseason, he restructured his contract to stay. Isn't there a silver lining to this to see, okay, is there a ample replacement over the next two three weeks on the roster and if there's not you either got to make a play to keep sammy or go draft somebody or sign someone in free agency
3: yeah I'm, yeah there's some there's some value in, in this absence a little bit i guess you could say i mean it's going to put a little bit of pressure on Nicole hardman which yeah. i think is a good thing because he really needs to grow he needs to progress he needs to make some steps uh, to you know kind of improve and, and show that he can play on a consistent basis snap to snap. That's been a big piece of, of his development. We haven't seen that out of him. It's very boom or bust. He know those manufactured touches behind the line of scrimmage, and then once every four or so games, he's going to hit one of those big plays down the field. So you're going to get to see more of him. You're going to get to see what the offense looks like structurally without a guy like Sandy Watkins, without a true X. Can you do some things still? Um, and, and, and do you like how the offense looks, when you don't necessarily have a true X on the field. Those are some questions that you're going to be able to answer, and it's going to tell you a little bit about what they need to do moving forward. Do they need to go grab, you know, a Sammy Watkins replacement in the draft, like you said, or free agency, or try to find a way to bring Sammy Watkins back? What does the market look like next year? Um, There's definitely some things and some positives that can be gleaned with it. I think you would rather uh, that not be the case, but there's Mm -hmm. some level of silver lining here with that.
0: Kent, we're looking at the next opponent here really quickly with the Bills. You look at their defense, total defense, 17. There's really not anything special about it. They're 21st in points against, giving up 28 points a game. They don't really get to the quarterback, only 10 sacks this year. And the concerning thing for them is their third down defense gives up uh, first downs almost 51% of the time. And the Chiefs are actually still really good at that. They were first, now they're third in uh, first down efficiency. Bills defense did not look good last night. It really hasn't come to form this season. What are you expecting against the Bills and the Chiefs' offense versus
3: that Bills defense? Well, I don't think you can take them lightly, and I know that they've had their struggles this year, but they're they're definitely still a unit that I'm looking at going. uh, They're tough. They still got a really strong, um, you know, they got a strong, they got strengths at all fronts. I think they've got a deep defensive line, even though they may not have as many sacks as you'd like to see they've got a real deep rotation of pass rushers um, and, 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 a really soft, and a really strong front that they're going to be able to throw. If they, if they try to send four and get home with four, they can do it better than the Raiders can, and we saw what happened last week. Um, so that's going to be a different, that's going to be a difficult challenge. Um, they've got a good back seven. They've got, you know, Tredavious White didn't play last night. Uh, Josh Norman uh, is if he's recovered, if his pride's recovered from getting tossed by Derrick Henry last night, you might see him there. You can never recover from oh, that.
1: He, he made I think got. You, gotta you just gotta stay. That. You gotta stay laying down forever. Like just stay, stay there and permanently. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. He was so soft. You could tell his pride was hurt. because He was trying to cheap <laughs> shot like the very next play. You but know the thing about dangerous. it
0: is everybody's talking about that, but they're not talking about the fact that Derrick Henry didn't run the ball very well last night. He got the two touchdowns. It was like a three yard average
3: hey, my fantasy team didn't notice so that's all that matters man just win baby um but no you got a, you got a good squad you, I don't take them lightly Kansas City because this group definitely can still get after the quarterback I'm still worried about them they've got a deep group um you're 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 gonna you're gonna be facing a big challenge out in Buffalo so don't take this group lightly
0: looking forward to the game that's Kent Swanson at Kent underscore Swanson part of the group at arrowheadpride.com fantastic work with the Chiefs offense thanks a lot Kent
1: Anytime, brother. I like that he said that you, know, you get Hardman under a little pressure. You know you know what pressure makes. Jay, that makes diamonds, man.
0: It makes some diamonds. But we'll talk about that, too, at the end. Don't forget you can text in as well. In the Smitty's Garage Burgers, and Beer your text line, 913-576-7610. Pete and I will talk about the opponent at the end. We'll look at maybe some of the Hardman stepping up. Plus, take your questions as well for Pete Sweeney. But coming up next, Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, arrowheadpride.com.
1: The Drive talks exclusively to Patrick Mahomes every Monday at 2.15,
0: 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley with Pete Sweeney, who's the editor chief ArrowheadPride.com. That's really, really busy with that Lady on Bell information uh, there, Christina Macero producing. We heard from Kent Swanson on the Chiefs offense. Let's talk about the Chiefs defense with the one and only Craig Stout at Hop on twitter he's the defensive film analyst for arrowheadpride.com good morning good good morning good evening craig hey good evening ben how are we doing Or morning whatever whatever it is i forget all the time i'm just yeah. <laughs> uh, i guess uh, the chiefs defense uh, craig let's start there we we were all um, lollipops and candy bars last week talking about the defense and things were certainly changed i am curious though Derek Carr had that time in the pocket. The Chiefs had not given up the, that touchdown of over 50 yards since Kenny Stills and Deshaun Watson hooked up in the playoffs the first game. But they had five plays over 40 yards in this game. Derek Carr had the time in the pocket to throw the football and deliver downfield, and they challenged the Chiefs defensive backs like we have not seen this year.
4: Yeah, they definitely did. Steve Spagnuolo came out and decided that he was going to try and rush for. the the pass rush had been good up until this point. And then he was going to force Derek Carr to try and throw deep, something that Derek Carr, you know, hasn't been particularly good doing for, you know, basically his entire career And he came out, and credit to Derek Carr, he nailed his downfield shots. He took advantage of some poor communication on the back end, some blown coverages, some blown zone assignments, and he just was able to capitalize. And then the Chiefs pass rush just frankly wasn't able to get home. They have a lot of money invested in that defensive line. Steve Spagnuolo still blipped about his season average around 30% of the time, and it just frankly didn't matter Derek Carr and that that uh, Oakland offensive line, Las Vegas offensive line, I'm going to do that forever. I just, just gave him plenty of time back there to pick apart the chief
1: secondary. You could say Oakland if you want, Craig. That's okay. I think that's been the number one question in Kansas City this week. Was it the front? Was it the second level? Was it the secondary? Who do you think was most to blame, or was it truly a combination of just everybody struggling?
4: It really was a combination of everybody struggling, but I do feel like the secondary, after you know being so good for the first four weeks of the season, and even going back to last year, they finished the season on a heater in pass coverage, and they just couldn't really put it together this week. There were just some miscommunications, and for people that are maybe a little doom and gloom this week, maybe oh no, here we go again. Listen, that that sort of miscommunication has not happened in almost a year. I mean, it's been a long time since they've looked that sloppy, that disorganized. I think this is just an anomaly. So I'm looking for, you know, when the Chiefs are playing the Bills in the next couple of games here, then clear up some of that communication on the back end because it was as simple as guys being in their zone. Maybe Derek Carr doesn't take some of those shots, and then maybe the pass rush gets home, and we've seen what happens when Carr gets rattled. They just couldn't do that this week.
0: Talking to Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, Arrowhead Pride, Com. And Craig, look at the linebackers. Uh, Willie Gay was a guy that I said, you know, just wait to week four, week five. You'll see him in there more. And, and clearly he got 47% of the snaps uh, compared to 33%. It's been going up every week. He got the one sack as the time Derek Carr slid, and he got there. But six tackles for Willie Gay. What did you think of the linebacker core between Neiman and Hitchens and uh, Willie Gay in this game?
4: I think that this was Anthony Hitchens' best game as a Chief. And so I don't said think it was particularly close. I I feel like the past three weeks, Anthony Hitchens has just been better and better and better. He talked in this offseason about how he didn't have to learn the foundation anymore. You know, he didn't have to go through and learn all these positions to make sure everybody was organized. He just kind of gets to go out there, line up and play. And you saw Anthony Hitchens calling out plays before they happened. He knew where the ball was going to go. His film study paid off, and he was able to play a little faster. He was able to make a few plays. And he's helping Willie Gay with that as well. You know, kind of directing traffic at that second level, helping Willie Gay come up to speed here. We know he's got the athleticism, but you know, he needs a little bit of help processing. Having Anthony Hitchens standing back there, knowing where the play is going to go, telling him where his assignment's going to go, it helps him kind of read some of the keys as he's moving to those spots, and it's going to kind of all come together slowly but surely they just got to do a little bit better in pass coverage and then they got to get themselves a little bit better of a backup mike ben neiman just had a rough day overall and the defense looked significantly worse when neiman had to come in for hitchens when he was injured there for a little bit hitchens came back they shored things up again a little bit better we just need to kind of pay attention to that backup mike position a little bit more as the season goes along
1: Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride Radio, talking with Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst at Arrowhead Pride. I know Jay wants to ask you about the Buffalo Bills, and we'll get to that in just a second, but I need your take on Le'Veon Bell. What makes him so hard to defend, and do you see it as a fit in Kansas City?
4: I do see it as a fit in Kansas City because he's an excellent pass catching back. He's a very patient runner. I think that those are qualities that Andy Reid really enjoys. We saw LaShawn McCoy, a guy yeah. with good vision, Shame. a little bit of extra patience, come in and do a little bit last year and then, you know, fumble the ball a little bit and kind of got himself in the doghouse. I think that Le'Veon Bell compliments Clyde Edward DeLair very well. I think they can do a lot of the same things and they can be used in a lot of the similar ways. But in these situations where we're seeing Daryl Williams come in on third downs and kind of take over some of these pass-heavy scripts, especially at the end of the game, that is prime Le'Veon Bell territory. If they don't trust Clyde edwards E'Laire yet to have that role, bring Le'Veon Bell in for a one-year deal and have him run the table there on that uh, third-down role.
0: And quickly, Craig, the Chiefs' next opponent, the Buffalo Bills, this is a a high-octane offense, didn't show it last night. They're still fourth averaging over 400 yards a game. They cannot run, though, but they can pass. They're number two in the league in pass offense, but 21st or 28th with the run, the problems that Josh Allen might in this offense of the Bills could pose to the Chiefs' defense. I Just
4: that vertical threat, like you said. Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in the NFL, a guy that's constantly underrated for what he does. The Chiefs will definitely need to make sure that their pass coverage and their communication on the back end is significantly better than what they saw against the Raiders there. They certainly won't be trying to take away the intermediate, you know, not expecting Josh Allen to go downfield. He's going to go downfield. So I think that maybe the game plan is going to be a little bit better. They're going to put a bigger focus on making sure everybody's on the same page.
0: Craig Stout, defensive film analyst, arrowheadpride.com on Twitter at barleyhop. Uh, just one of the best defensive gurus you will find out there. Thanks a lot, Craig. Thanks, guys. Craig's also a beer expert, Jay. No, he is. I've had Craig uh, on to talk beer. We'll call Craig, him the
1: renaissance man. Craig brought me beer
0: uh, for a draft special we had a couple years ago, and he was uh, very good. It was on Imperial yeah, Stout. It's cute. Uh, very good stuff like that. Yeah. Text number 913-576-7610. Some of you have questions for Pete Sweeney. We'll dive into the Buffalo Bills and your questions to round out the show. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio. back to Arrowhead Pride Radio, brought to you by the Kansas Lottery. Jay Binkley, Pete Sweeney. We just heard from Kent Swanson from the Chiefs offense and Craig Stout, Chiefs defense. Pete, uh, before we get into the questions uh, from the Arrowhead Pride Radio listeners on 610 Sports Radio, the Buffalo Bills. Yes. uh, A lot of talk about the Buffalo Bills, and I reminded people, look at their schedule. I mean, when you start off against the Jets and Dolphins, you're going to start putting up numbers. I I felt that Tennessee had the game plan. And Tennessee was the mystery. This team has been off. They've had to deal with COVID. Uh, Did they have the practice time? Whatever, it certainly came together for Mike Vrabel. And suddenly we look, okay, is Tennessee in that tier now that we look at the Buffalo Bills?
1: Mm, It's hard for me to put Tennessee there because prior to the win against the Buffalo Bills, I really felt like they were lucky to be undefeated at the moment. Because if you looked at their previous three games, they could have lost each game. It was a one-point game against the Vikings. It was a three-point game against the Jaguars, who have revealed themselves to be bad. And it was a two-point win against the Denver Broncos. And that was a game I really felt like the Broncos let get away. So I'm not ready to buy the Titans either. It was surprising to see them dominate the Buffalo Bills like that. And what I think is interesting about this game now is we were supposed to have this 5-0, and 5-0 clash-style thing where it becomes a thing where you got to really avoid quicksand here because we expect to be the titans to to be in the mix we expect now the ravens to be in the mix the bills uh, potentially the steelers we're all playing here for this one bye and so especially these games against the contenders they're huge they're swing games so you get to the end of the season you have that head to head win if it does come down to you and the buffalo bills because i think they're they're actually truly a good team I still have questions about the Titans again, even though they're still undefeated.
0: You know, I'm still I'm still riding with the Baltimore Ravens as being another yeah, you're a big team. Ravens guy. No, I'm not a big Ravens guy, Pete. The Chiefs have their number, but they have won 16 in the last 17 regular season games. They beat everybody but the Chiefs. Mahomes and, and Mayfield. That is a good thing to have. And I mentioned the Bills. Their schedule gets exponentially tougher. They got two games against the Patriots. Well, it's just, They've beaten them nine out of 10. They beat them seven in a row. You got to get by them before I take you seriously you in that get, division.
1: The good thing about the Raiders is you get another crack at them, yeah. right? You have that every single year. These games where you're only playing the contender one time, you got to get. So good that the Chiefs got the one against the Ravens. This is another key game coming up on, you call it Monday night, or is it like Monday afternoon-ish? Well, it's Monday afternoon-ish football. 50% of the Chiefs games have been played
0: on Mondays. Now, I will say mm-hmm. this. Advantage Chiefs in this situation. The Bills played on Tuesday
1: night. They get that extra day. The NFL
0: gave them that. They didn't make them play really on Sunday, which would have been bad.
1: Getting to enjoy a little Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre.
0: But the, the Chiefs were going to have the short week. They were the ones that were going to go to Buffalo in a short week. And all right. of a sudden, the Chiefs are the team with that extra time.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a good thing, too, because you have the ultimate coach for extra preparation, right, And head coach Andy Reid. Even if it's those short buys, he tends to have success when he's given extra time to just zone in sit in that chair, drop some play calls, and then give it to the other team. And I think you'll see those two uh, uh, extra days come in handy uh, when it comes to Monday.
0: Now the text line, let's answer some questions. From the 913, Pete, yes, would you rather take
1: a Derrick Henry stiff arm or a sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels? Mm, good question. Certainly wouldn't want the Derrick Henry stiff arm. It really did feel like Josh Norman was, was ready to just uh, lay in his grave. Sweet chin music from Michael. Michaels, uh, it's tough to get up from that. I've seen a lot of great men counted to three from the sweet chin. I'm going to take the Derrick Henry stiff arm. I'm talking myself back into the stiff arm.
0: From the 816 with Allen's arm compared to, har- to Carr's. No, Allen's arm is stronger <laughs> than Derrick Carr. <laughs> Hope he does the. Or ha, how does the deep threat factor into a game with Diggs going against the Chiefs secondary?
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not a good matchup for me right now. After seeing last game, because I I find that Stephon Diggs, especially this year, it's like he reinvented himself and is to me a better weapon than most of the Raiders. I mean, maybe you consider Darren Waller to be a better weapon than Diggs, but other than that, I I think Diggs is a a better performer than all of those guys. So that is a a daunting matchup. The pressure is going to need to be a lot better against Allen.
0: Of course, uh, Sean Levine interviewed uh, Pat Mahomes this week. You can hear at 215 exclusively right here on 610 Sports Radio every Monday. Pat talking about maybe throwing at 83 yards, you know, that you'll throw off a Josh Allen. I don't expect it to see before a game. This is more of an offseason type of thing. It's it, will Mahomes take yeah, uh, you know, will Mahomes take uh, Josh Allen that, in a throw?
1: That's where this loss was a shame because if these teams were undefeated and you're really feeling yourself, this might have been one of those games where. He says, and Andy Reid, I'm talking about. He says, Tyree kill go, and he just let Mahomes rip it. I mean, you've tend to have seen that early on in games where, you know, if there's something, an extra little storyline, maybe they do something like that. It doesn't seem like they'll do that now that they have to win this game.
0: We ripped one to Tyree kill. That was one of the most beautiful throws. That was and it called didn't back. count.
1: It's unfortunate. The stiff arm didn't count last like night too. All these great plays not counting. The and yeah. I know. The, I know penalties are down, but pick up the flag, ref, right? Yeah,
0: no, no question about Eat that it. one. Uh from the four one seven, could they use Bell to mentor Clyde Edwards
1: Alaire? Yeah, I already talked about that. I I, I think that is is big. Uh, I this is a running back, you know, again with weird years these past few years, but has had a lot of success in this league. Why wouldn't you want your rookie that you've invested this first round pick in learning from a three time all pro three time pro bowler? Of course. From the seven eight five, Pete, real quick, how much are we missing, Snead? A lot. A what are you lot of expecting it seems. back. He was a pleasant surprise. We didn't even know. Uh, we'd miss him. I I would say another four or five weeks at least. And uh, hopefully down this stretch, you get him back. And by then the Chiefs' secondary is playing well anyway, right? That would be the best case scenario for Kansas city. We talking about a win next Wednesday. Yeah. We'll talk about the, the bills game. Will the chiefs have a win. Oh, will they have a win? I mean, I hope so. That's why they play the games, Jeff. (laughs) Well, it's been Arrowhead pride radio brought to you by the Kansas lottery. Big thanks (laughs) to
0: Kent Swanson. Join us. And Craig Stout. As always, big thanks to you, Pete Sweeney. Oh, no problem, Jay. ArrowheadPride.com. And either. a great job by Chris Lucero producing the operation. Got through adversity tonight. That's big on us. Well, keep me posted on Le'Veon Bell and keep your phone handy because you know I'm calling you if it happens. ArrowheadPride.com. You've been listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Check out ArrowheadPride.com. Big at night. Next. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by the Kansas Lottery, 610 Sports Radio.